Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us on From the Friar. We are back. We missed you. Thank you for being so kind and giving us so much grace while we were gone. Why does it feel like it's been so long since we've recorded? Yes, two weeks. Now, on the maps, we've been a little up and down, but I did enjoy, shamefully, the way we were able to watch the Decision Day episodes because, one, we got to skip all the commercials. Oh, yeah. We got to see them in one sequence versus some corny break in between, uh, will you stay married or will you get a divorce? You know? So we are going to cover everything in this episode, and I'm really glad we did it this way. I am too, but I miss Twitter. Like that, the show is a lot less interesting without Twitter. We are significantly less funny than Twitter. You know what's wild? It's not even, because we've been away, it's not even like we could enjoy Twitter, even though we didn't get to enjoy the episode. We were like so busy. We couldn't even like stay on our phones no, because there was just so much going on. Sometimes on like Uber rides or stuff, I would like check into Twitter. So I knew the gist of what was happening, but I still loved the episodes. We'll make sure to update everyone in our travels lately. We're probably going to do it as its own episode. Just for the folks that might not give any fucks about that episode, feel free to skip it. Um, but we've been doing a lot of traveling in a short amount of time and we still have a little bit more traveling to do, but again, we'll save it for its own episode. We can give you all the stories we went to pros and cons adventures we went on, uh, in its own episode, most likely being published, uh, this weekend. Two part decision day. How did you feel about it? The way they broke it up, I wasn't a fan of because you, well, we already lost a couple two weeks in with Mac and Dom, but then you covered 80% 80% or, you know, the three out of the four couples in yes. one episode and then one couple in the first 15 minutes of the second one, which again goes to show you why wasn't this just one episode? Easily could have been easily because you see, I mean, we always joke like, oh, there's so much filler, but there was like really so much filler. Can I go on a mini rant? Of course. I love the show. We talk so much shit, but we love this show. I, we've been married since 2016. I don't think I have ever played (laughs) with my wedding ring as like, I'm in thought. I need to like play with my ring and twirl it. I cannot take another scene of people twirling (laughs) their fucking wedding rings. Okay. Are they being asked? It's so bad. It's so bad. I think they're told, can you just, we need to B roll and we need to shoot you in this scene. Can you play with your ring? I'm like, that is so stupid. Please tell me that doesn't happen. I I mean, sometimes I do, but it's rare. Like, I can't take it. I can't imagine having a lot of B footage of myself playing with the ring. Also, people that were clear nose, Gina, don't play with the ring. We know you're itching to get that off. Just, we don't need it. I will give this cast credit with they were so strong and set on not giving, um, you know, they're not hinting at where they were going. Like you said, even though it was so obvious, but all of their words, they did their absolute best to say things like, you know, we'll just have to find out. It was like, oh, you know, I'm 50 50 right now. You're fucking not. You know what I picture? Like the scripts being handed to them the night before. Like you need to stay 
on this realm. You cannot teeter. Like, don't give anything up. No bonuses if you mess this up. Let's just go right in both episodes. Knock it out. It was good. Also, we still have like two months of episodes, but we won't get into that. We can't. The fact that there's so much after Decision Day. You know what's wild? It might have been duplicate information, but this is something they could have done to fill the time. They could have invited Mac and Dom back just to break down a little bit more time with the experts of why it didn't work out. Or, you know. I'm the complete opposite. Oh, like, really? I was uh, so annoyed even just seeing them at the axe throwing place. I'm like, I never want to see either of you get off my screen. You were like, you, this relationship was filler. <laughs> no, that's fair. So, starting with the classic married at first sight decision scenes, kind of slowly packing, talking about how they're just not sure. A lot of bed pillow talk scenes as well on this season i don't know if it's just this season but i picked it up more now maybe because we're just so a little bit more serious about breaking it down so many scenes are honestly just fake like all of these (laughs) packing scenes you you see clint packing like the tiniest roller i've ever seen in my life but in in the scene behind him there's like so much of his stuff in the closet so it's it's like this corny I guess obviously you're not going to move out all your stuff if you are going to say yes, but it's so clear that you're not going to say yes. So why don't you just pack up all your shit? Well, and then you have to come back and like do the ceremonial removing of the rings while you're packing the rest of your crap. But then we know they have to keep wearing their ring. So like they're going to come awkwardly back and pick up the ring from the table. It acts throwing everyone had their ring on. So it was so manufactured, but I'm here for it. Shaq says that he doesn't know where he's at and he wants to feel within his heart that it's 100%. And if not, it might be a no. Hang on to that. Hang on to that. Okay. I'm saying hang on to that, but I already need to break it down. The amount of kisses that Shaq gave. Sir. You cannot do that. I saw more intimacy. Yes. On this episode than I may have seen the entire season from you two. Thank you. Why was there touching and kissing and giggling? No, no, Before no. Before we no. even knew the answer, at least I, I didn't look at spoilers. You already kind of knew yeah. all the information. I was like, look at this dude stealing as many kisses as he possibly can. <laughs> Chris and Nicole are also talking about decision day in bed, hanging out. Nicole is worried that Chris will change his mind. And she wants to make sure that they say yes, because... They want to be in the same space of happiness forever. That feels far-fetched. Forever? Am I thinking too broadly? And she just means like generally happy in the marriage versus so happy we will never have a fight. No, I think just being in the same mindset of where they want to be in the future. Obviously saying yes on decision day and all the adventures that come after that. Now, Eris and Jasmine were kind of throwing me a curveball here. I didn't really know what to make of it. During their kind of reflection segment, they were talking about what would make you say yes. Jasmine says, we have fun together. And Eris says, we have a good foundation. He says, no matter how difficult I made it, I feel like we still grew. I hate that he does this. 
the fact that he mentions that how difficult I made it all the time. You're conscious of how difficult you've been. You know you're being a jerk. You know you're doing these things full, fully aware. And you're not doing anything to change it. You know what's wild? He mentions that. And maybe in some world you would think, wow, I have put this person through the ringer. Like, they are incredible. Maybe that's a hint that you should probably give this person a chance. Probably, but he he wants the streets. He's ready. He does not need any time to process anything. Eris says that he's been committed this far and he has given this marriage a real shot. I'm not buying it. No. I don't. I don't think... Well, this is my thing. Maybe in his mind, he did give his best effort. It just so happened that, which is what Jasmine mentions later on the show, is, and I agree, I don't think, maybe he thinks he needs to be married, but like he's not ready. He's not ready to be married. Also, did you notice the amount of church hugs over these last two episodes? With We're doing- Jasmine and Eris? Jasmine and Eris, Gina and Clint, Shaq and Kirsten. It was a quick like tap. I did a lot with Jasmine and Eris, especially the way they greet each other when they sort of come into the home. Oh, I'm just yeah. like, that is like, I hug my friends closer <laughs> than that. I'm not sure what that was. Gina and Clint are also talking and she says that they haven't really been able to just fully process for more than a couple of hours. I don't Do you buy that? Is it because of the salon? I just feel like they're so separated that there isn't even an opportunity, even if there is time. Where they're at as far as in friendship mode and Gina running her business, I would imagine that she's still knowing that this guy's not the one. Her schedule probably hasn't changed. So most of her time probably goes into the salon, whether it's 12 hour days, 14 hour days, whatever it is. So I don't think she made an effort to ever change that. She, she might be thinking, what's the point? Like, yeah. this isn't going anywhere. So when they do talk, it might legit be for an hour or two in the evening. And then they sort of go to bed and you know, on to the next day. They don't really have any long moments to develop a deeper relationship. She has a lot of time to trash talk him, though. There's always time to say something bad about Clint. Not for me. Not just, here for just it. Just like Kirsten, which... You know, Kirsten won me over just a little bit. You know, this whole season I've been mentioning that I've never wavered. I read you from the jump. Sort of felt similar to Gina, but I've been mentioning this as we've been covering it this season that people were divided. I think people were divided between Team Clint and Team Gina. Mm -hmm. And I think I was Team Clint from the jump. I think you were as well. I can't remember if you were. Oh, as soon as the incident happened. Um (laughs) The fact that, and even in these episodes, these final episodes, well, I say final, but there's like three to five more. um, Clint doesn't say anything negative about Gina. No. And we see her in these moments still talk down about him. And it's almost like, I think it's mentioned in another relationship, but again, yes, you're going to say it's Clint's uh, humor or it's kind of embarrassing, but like you're at this point, you're just putting him down because if it wasn't the humor, you would pick something else. Yeah. You would just say, Oh, we don't have a spark. Oh, I'm not that attracted to him. Well, really I'm not attracted to him. Like there would be all these other things. Now you're just using how he jokes about things as sort of the excuse of really why you're not into him. 
They hug goodbye at the apartment, and that was like the most touching they have done since they were forced to hold hands in like week three. And then it is decision day for the first couple, Jasmine and Aerith. I thought this was interesting because they were one of the few couples, and I thought the the sequence is actually interesting as well because there's some that you kind of know are obvious no's, like Clint and Gina. I thought it was interesting that they started with a couple I thought could be I don't even remember what my pick was, but, you know, it could be 50-50. Like, they could both say yes. They could want more time. I was amazed, and, you know, everyone's already watched the episode, but, and I'm not going to spoil the picks right now, but no one said yes to more time. No. Which was interesting. Oh, well, one person wanted to. Was it that bad that you're like, I'm not even going to waste my time? Like, no. I guess, yeah. Why prolong so, so before we break it down, what did you think about Eris and Jasmine just as a whole this season? As a whole this season? Oh, man. I'm trying to remember, like, what I thought of in the beginning. Like, I've been so tainted by since then. I stick with it. I like Eris as a person. You cannot date that man, but you'll have a good time with him. It seemed like his storyline could have been... You know, a man for the streets. He's letting that go. He's waving, literally waving goodbye. <laughs> you know, he's trying to find his black queen, and it seems like he literally got a princess slash queen individual. Like it was a perfect. Like this could be a really good story, and I think it was just amazing how how quickly it just didn't pan out. I mean, it essentially was a lie from the start. The thing that we were hung up on for weeks, the clapping. So, I mean, he was out from the beginning based on one thing, which even feels like a lie now that we know even more. Do you think for Eris it was more of an an attraction thing or more of he didn't feel compatible with her personality, like her character? Like she's, she's too sort of a straight edge, lack of a better word. No, because I think I think he's pretty shallow. I think it's really fully based on looks. If that person had a dry personality, but it was Meg the Stallion, he don't care. Hmm. Yeah, no, I won't even give him that credit. <laughs> I wonder and I hope that when folks go through this process, they realize like marriage that lasts, you know, years and decades it's so much more than just looks like looks might be 5% of like your whole, it's like almost nothing. I think depending on who you talk to, I think sometimes it's a big percentage of married people even, but I mean, it would be just be amazing of, and and even then that that's sort of per individual, like everyone has was beautiful to them. And I feel like these folks were, like Eris where it ends this quick in their minds, they put so much weight in that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really hard for someone to come along that meets their checklist. Yeah. How did you feel about Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper sitting together like in the barn prior to every couple meeting? I didn't want to say it, but is Masco on like super low budget? Because... We're in a barn. Okay, you rented the barn. I get it. But there's like not much going on. They just have like a little seating area. 
Well, I feel like that's all decision day ever was, right? A seating area. Usually it's like in a hotel. So I think this is an upgrade, an outside venue. Now, I did like the scenery. I did like the nature shots. I love the B-roll. It was good. The transitions, I didn't mind it because they're sort of reflecting on their thoughts of the couple. I didn't mind it as a transition versus just, um, okay, and someone's walking to the door and we're sitting here. Like, there's no transition there. I don't want it. You're not a fan? You know why? Because they weren't there for these people. It does feel, and again, it could be recency bias. Like maybe we need to watch an old season, but yeah, it really feels like there is little to no time with the experts. Yeah. Like, could things have changed for these couples that said no if those problems were talked about immediately versus festering for six, eight weeks? Maybe. Okay, I must have like really been into the decision day because my note is they're so cute. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what I felt then. Is that for Eris and Jasmine? Yes. Which is they interesting. Both, they both looked really good. They did look really good. There's some back and forth between Jasmine and Eris. And Jasmine says that she is at peace with everything and she has given one million percent. She says she will have no regrets today. I loved it. Loved to see it. We're not we're not wishy-washy coming in strong. Eris being Eris talks about them being comfortable, having tough conversation, ah, but then talks about Jasmine's growth. Yeah, like stop. Just it's it's I don't weird. Need like it. you keep mentioning her growth, but from our perspective, it seems like you've changed. At, like you've done nothing. You nothing. You've changed. made it harder. You haven't changed who you are. You haven't changed your personality. You haven't from the moment we met you to now. Like you are completely the same. You're saying hello to the streets now from the window. I'd like to point out that there was no hand-holding or touching of any kind while they were sitting next to each other. Yeah, the way the couples greeted each other was telling. I think so. Sure, you can say all you want, but no one's hugged up, nothing. Jasmine talks about the challenges and specifically finding out that he wasn't attracted to her. She does believe that they were matched well, but it does take two people to be in a marriage. Eris thinks that Jasmine has given 100%, but doesn't know if he has. He says if he could start over, he would have came into this more open and vulnerable. What does Clint say? It's easier to pick lottery numbers the next day. <laughs> we'll get to them, but perfect. Yeah, in some ways, that, it does, that doesn't make sense to me. You said, I think we were a great match, but it's not going to work out. Yes. It, realistically, that really means that you weren't compatible. Like it wasn't a great match. Yeah. Or else you would have been like, very yeah, happy. Yeah. Some things are great and we can be friends, but it's a match of like more for friendship than for us to be married forever. Jasmine says she knows what she wants and the desires of her heart. She knows the private conversations that they have had and she has learned what she wants in this marriage. For these reasons, she says she wants to get a divorce. I was really happy for Jasmine in this moment. I felt like, she had made sort of sacrifices throughout the season for errors and sort of to allow him to be comfortable. And it was great to see in this moment her choosing herself or uh, in a way saying like, this individual is not for me. Like I've done my best. Like I know they haven't done their best and you know, I'm going to move on to this next step. But I was still worried that she would be like, yes to more time. 
the whole start of the episode, they were talking about their good foundation and how they're great friends. And I'm just really glad that she didn't get sucked into that and that she just ended it. Eris says, we did have intimacy, but not the type that we both wanted. Sir, anyway. Ultimately, I would like a divorce as well. Now, I thought, again, no surprise. I think kind of everyone assumed Eris is going to say no. What surprised me is what happened after. It seemed like it could have ended here and they just walk away, you know, kumbaya, whatever. But Eris kind of goes into this spiel about, and I guess the experts asked him, like, you know, like, why didn't it work out or, you know, what's going on here? And he kind of goes in on sort of breaking down Jasmine and in a way saying that, you know, I just love myself. I wake up and I just, you know, tell myself, oh, you know, what's today going to bring? You know, you know, I love me. And what he was trying to get at is, is he wants a partner who loves themselves as much as he loves himself. And then together they can form this kind of incredible bond. At least that's how he envisions it, right? But in a way, you are saying that Jasmine doesn't portray that. So then Jasmine responds with, you think I don't love myself? And I love in this moment, one, she checked his ass. Yes. And, and quickly corrected him. Like, first of all, I do love myself. Let's get that straight. Um, it felt so random, too. It was like, like, he really could have just it left like, it there. Eris, you're just... Ba- like blabbing like just shut up and just like stand up and walk away and even after she called him out it's not like he had any enlightening or expanding on that no but i was proud that jasmine again stood up for herself and even in this weird little after moment did it again um i'm i'm good with the decision also he said agree to disagree like it's something to like, have a conversation like, like I just, on. I just told you I love myself and you think I don't love myself. Like This isn't an agree to disagree thing. This is one person. I love when she checked him again. She said, first of all, I have plenty of self-love. He has commitment issues. If it wasn't attraction, it would have been something else. That's right. Full, completely agree. right. Definitely agree. In his interview, Eris says... Divorce is not what I want, but I think marriage can be better than what I experienced. I thought marriage sex was going to be great. Like harder, more, lift my leg up. I didn't get any of that. Also sad. Poor guy. This is a 40-year-old man. We just got to the point where you were at a friendship level. There was a lack of intimacy. You didn't bond. It didn't work out. The fact that you even have to mention sex is like, why yeah what is the point no one was talking about it because you wouldn't that's that's not not even that's not even in this universe here like no why are you even talking about that out of nowhere we move on to chris and nicole and before we get into their segment i need to know that nicole is so strong she is so strong so we like she says, like, oh, talking of herself, she says, I'm thick, I'm curvy. Like, Nicole actually goes to the gym. Yes, a lot. And it wasn't, like, a storyline at all. Like, yes, we had, like, her insecurities, but, I mean, how hard she probably works for that. I'm surprised that wasn't at all a sort of storyline. But good for her, killing it. Me and my noodle arms over here, <laughs> really admiring. 
Pastor Cal talks about how he doesn't know if it is a good thing that they haven't seen any conflict in the eight weeks. Is that good or bad? Because you see like Beth and... Jamie. Thank you. <laughs> uh, tons of conflict. Well... But uh, they got divorced you know, recently. Overall, but. <laughs> overall, I would say... I would lean to more that's good because the stronger your foundation gets, inevitably when you do hit that roadblock, you will have hopefully more tools either to communicate or just more care for the other person that you'll find a solution. Whereas maybe if you have these really intense blowups so early into knowing someone, I mean, it kind of seems like you could just check out real quick and say like, I barely fucking know you. Like, why am I going to stay with someone who's, you know, who, who I'm having an argument with in two weeks into a relationship? Yeah. I didn't think about that. Like the foundation's just a little stronger. Now, I will say that Chris, Chris is starting to lose me. Oh, because we were giving him shit from the jump about, you know, how do you do laundry like once every 30 days? Like, that's weird. Yeah. You know, and I was, you know, we've been together forever, but like I lived like away from you for like a long time. But even then, like you have like work clothes, day clothes, like maybe you go play basketball with your friends. Like there's like you just. That's just a minor example, but like doing laundry once every 30 days sounds a little excessive, but it seems like Nicole calls him out and all these other subtle things like we need to plan things like you need to do this. And he's like, yeah, we'll talk about it. I'm just like, dude, yeah, these are like pretty important life decisions. And the fact that we can clearly see that it's going to be a yes from both of you. It's like, why aren't you talking about this now? I have a bone to pick with him at the end of next episode. I mean, he is a very nice guy. He treats Nicole very well. But as far as outside of the relationship, I feel like he has some improving to do. There's not a whole lot happening, I feel like. When Chris and Nicole meet on decision day, they talk about how similar they are, how they have so much fun together, and that they know why they were matched. They also found out that they have the same dentist, which feels wild. I'll, I'm more curious of how that would come up. Well, maybe one of them had to go to the dentist for like a cleaning and they're like, oh, where do you go? Yeah, I think the Clinton Gino one's still the most weird one. Oh, in the building? In the same building. They've seen each other before. Yeah. But yeah. Chris talks about how he would like to see Nicole love herself more and that there are times where she is harder on herself than she needs to be. Nicole talks about how she would love for Chris to really follow through with things and do things for himself. Mm, That last part was put on. Um, It's definitely follow through with things you say you're going to do. After these last two episodes, I fully believe that's what she means. Nicole says, You have made me happier in these eight weeks than I have felt in 33 years of life. I love you. I feel so confident in our relationship. Thank you for being the most amazing husband. When I think of my future, you are in every one of those thoughts. I would love to stay married to you. Shocking. (laughs) Just kidding. No, it it was amazing. one silver lining. Throughout the whole season, they've, they've seemed to just have a great time, great chemistry. Again, like we mentioned before, they haven't had any crazy blow ups. Um, you know, and they were, they were the, they were the couple, the shining star. Like we, we're rooting for them the whole way, and I'm very happy that 
Nicole said yes. I think we're both happy that they said yes. Chris follows that up with, I always thought there would be so many ups and downs, but we have had so many ups. You make life fun. Life would be lonely without you. I love you fully, and I would love to stay married to you too. In their interview, they slam dunk in the air together, completely unprompted. No, I mean, again, amazing chemistry. Everything's going good for them. I wish them nothing but the best. I hope we get an update and they are just prospering together. Um, Yeah, looking forward to their future. Now the real wild card, Clint and Gina. I would like to point out that Clint was so shirtless this episode. <laughs> like, and not... Sir. Man, the not a, like the greatest angle. Eris had a real bad angle in this episode, too. Like, they're like resting their phone on their bellies. <laughs> it's like going upwards. Why? They're like, I guess I got to record this diary cam. When Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper are talking before Clint and Gina come out on decision day, They both agree that the issue stemmed from the honeymoon, and I couldn't help but be so annoyed that we just never talked about it. Yes, so you agree. That was the starting point, the downfall, the root of all of this. So you know about it, and you did nothing. You watched this couple drown for eight weeks. I'm surprised that they could not get over that moment. They couldn't just... It's, it's like, even if they apologize, they're so hard-headed, whether it was Gina or Clint, they just couldn't get over it. I put a lot of the blame on Gina, and that might be unfair because I'm, like, very anti-Gina these days, and I'll admit that, but Clint apologized. Clint had to explain himself multiple times to the experts. Gina not only did not have to apologize on camera, if she ever did, we never heard if she did, she never even had to acknowledge anything she did wrong ever in this relationship. No. No, I mean, I have, I'm right there with you. Clint and Gina see each other on decision day. They give each other a quick, nice backpat church hug, sit down, and Gina slightly scoots away from Clint. So all good signs, you know, real intimate. They talk about their favorite parts in the marriage, what they enjoyed. And I just want to highlight that Gina said that she loved how much of a cheerleader Clint was for her and her business, because we were not getting out of decision day without hearing that Gina is a business owner. It was not going to happen. That right there ruined any possibility of going an episode without talking about (laughs) a business. Not even going to mention it. I was just going to say that. A business. I was going to be like, at least she didn't say what she normally does. Then the conversation takes a a weird turn and Gina was not going to let this slide. She cannot let anything slide. That's part of the problem. But Clint talks about how he likes being active, that there are things that he likes to do. And in this experience, he doesn't feel like he could really be himself. He wasn't active at all. It just isn't how he likes to live his life. And Gina took this as an attack. (laughs) She was on the defense so fast. She said that she is not opposed to doing outdoorsy things. And if these things would have just been planned, then she would have done them. I think Clint is a little bit more spontaneous than that. You notice it's never also going to be, well, why don't you do something? Why don't you plan something? She's like, oh, Uh, no, like I'm no, I'm not going to plan anything with this man. Are you kidding me? No. But I'll let him come talk to me at my place of business. If you're 
interaction with Clint is only, oh, I'm so busy starting up a new business, so much going on, there's drama going on. Why would he think, I mean, maybe to get away from work, but it seems like you're kind of a workaholic, you like you wouldn't want to do that at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. But why would he say, let's go on a three-hour hike? Like, you're going to be like, hell no. I have like a business to run. Are you fucking crazy? Yeah. She has to do payroll on this trail. Honestly, even if that moment didn't happen, it's almost like a cop-out, that you know, second-day thing, third-day thing. It wouldn't work out either way. No. They just, they're just not compatible, which no. is... It's so amazing where on paper, someone answers a questionnaire and you think, you know what? They sound great. They both family values. They both want kids at this age. They whatever, both, you know, professionals. But when you put people together and you realize how that questionnaire translates to this person to be like, wow, you are really not compatible. But it's amazing how you don't see that on a questionnaire. And again, I don't know how people do these. They could be lying. They could be. Very I think truthful. people genuinely think this of themselves and then they that get challenged true. on that it. That is true, right? Yeah. Like somebody might say, oh, I'm super outgoing. And if someone's like, oh, let's, let's go to this concert. It's like tonight, uh, mm, you know, <laughs> Netflix and chill, my couch. Yes. Uh, no, my blankie. Like I'm chilling. Yeah. I'm not going out. You, you see, like. I'm, I need you to know that that's almost, like a real it's example. Almost, um, <laughs> it's exciting to pick the cool answer. Yes. Of like, to yeah, like, I'm outgoing. I worry that people on their questionnaires pick what they think they should pick or what makes them look like a full person. Some things that I think have not been an issue on the show, which seems like something folks answer very truthfully, is things like religion. Yeah. I think people are pretty, pretty good on that. And we haven't seen any like weird moment of like, I'm super into religion. I'm yeah. super not. And that, that can kind of derail a relationship. But yeah, it's all these other things. Like, are you really outgoing? Are you really that of a, I don't want to say physical, but like, you know, an active lifestyle individual. It is mm-hmm. sexy to say, yeah, I have an active yes. lifestyle. Do you really, you work a desk job and you don't work out? Like, yeah. Mm. So it's a bummer, but we saw this coming. I didn't write down what expert asked this, but one of the experts asked, if either of you had initiated romantic interest, would you have responded? This question (laughs) was fucking incredible. Yes. And fucking Gina, man, didn't even bother to answer the question. No, just no. You know what's weird? You are going so hard in defending yourself. Like you can't even answer this. Just say... I would have either welcomed that or I would have not welcomed There's that. There's only two That's options here. all you have here. to say. And it's almost like you, you had to be so specific. If Clint tried to give you a kiss on the cheek, the lips, I mean, you have to be really specific, so you got to pick one or the other. How would you have reacted? Like, you had to be so specific on the question to maybe finally get an answer. And then she'd be like, how and when the year was the salon? <laughs> so- like... Now, I think we know the answer. It would not. Not her thing. It would have been shut down. But her answer was, if someone makes you feel like they're fighting for you, it's hard to not be attracted. But that wasn't the question one. And two, she mentions this three times, I think, this episode, where she wants someone to fight for her. What are you fighting? These imaginary walls that you put up and these problems that you created, they have to fight that? 
Hmm. Like, what are you saying? Like, why do we... Why are we starting out a battle? Why can't we talk? Huh. I don't think Gina knows the answer to that. You know, it is interesting how... And not just talking about Gina here, just how (laughs) the folks that do say no, a little bit talking about Gina here, but they seem so confident in their, whatever they do, their, 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 their process, whether how they process things or how they judge things. And they come to these conclusions, whether it's Gina saying, you know, walking around a question and saying someone fighting for me. But they seem so sure about their answers, but they need to check themselves because clearly what you do does not work. But you are so sure in your Mm -hmm. process, you are not even you're not even willing to give some of that up. So you're still going through the same process you probably do with any other relationship. Clint says it's been one hell of an experience, but that he would do it again. He says, I think ultimately, I don't think I'm the husband deserving of either of us. I thought that was a weird way to answer that. He answered that whole thing super weird, but he never blamed it on anyone. True. He did the longest spiel to say, I do want a divorce. But again, it's almost like he's wishing, you know, I I wish that you find your person, your husband. Like, it's... It's amazing how positive Clint is to this experience. We're talking about Eris like boosting up Jasmine of like, I was a piece of shit, but you were so great. <laughs> I was like, I feel like that's Clint in this relationship. I, oh, no. No, as far as he just stayed so positive. I think Clint stayed positive. As no, far no, as, he did, but I'm trying to relate that to Eris. Eris, I feel like, was such a butt. No, 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 not, not Clint. I'm talking about Jasmine and Clint as, like, their oh, positivity. Oh, I see, no, I no, see. No, no, okay. Yeah. Their positivity in the process and just... I think Clint probably knew early on, again, from the moment where clearly they weren't going to get over that incident. Uh, he probably just thought, you know what? It's an experience. I'll live my life. Maybe have some good times with the group. We'll see what happens. And I think he had a, a cool mindset uh, to just enjoy his time in the experience. Uh, whether the other couple we saw where it wasn't working out, they just said, fuck this. Like, I am bouncing. We also have to acknowledge he had the most amazing edit since the incident because we hated Clint. I hated Clint's energy. I hated the way he talked. I hated the way he carried himself. And now it's so charming. <laughs> uh how he talks a little still annoys me. I think he does a little too many acronyms. Uh, but again, yeah, when we saw his introduction, I think what happens is we had this preconceived notion of what type of person Clint is. And I think most of us were wrong. I felt like I saw a more humble version as the season went on. Maybe his more authentic self. Maybe he was showing off at the beginning. Gina says, if I could go back, I wish that you would have taken initiative and fought on the pretense of, I'm already committed. I wish you took the logical step. We are already committed to get married. So what can I do to fight for this? Ma'am, why does it have to be a battle? Just, you are making it the battle. You are making the battle for this man to fight when you could just make it a nice walk in the park. Clint says, Dually noted. <laughs> this is when he's like, fuck this. <laughs> he's like, right. Okay, then. Moving on. Moving on. 
He says it's easier to pick lottery numbers the next day. That's the most Clint thing I've ever heard. Clint says, you said you felt uncomfortable and things felt forced. So giving a little bit of opportunity to get out of your comfort zone, that's one thing that could have been done. Thank you, Clint. Just one tiny zing back at you. You could have done anything. Clint offered 10K for Hank. That's steep. That's steep. And she was probably like, that's creepy. And honestly, it is your dog. So I can't blame you for being like, what the heck? No. That is interesting to think that these folks like Aris and Jasmine and Clint and Gina, there's this, this little doggo that you sort of spend a lot of your time with. It is cool to see that Eris became a pup dad. And Clint seemed like, I think he said he grew up with dogs. Like he's totally cool with dogs. And it's nice that he had a good bond with uh, Charlie. Hank. Hank, I'm sorry. Oh, Char- <laughs> Charlie's um, Nicole's dog. Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, Hank. Um, wow, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> no, you're fine. Anyway, Hank. Yeah, it's not a fucking Charlie. Just look at that dog. No, that's a Hank. That's, <laughs> that's for a Hank. sure a Hank. Anyway, um, it is neat to see that they formed a bond, or at least Clint formed a bond with Hank. I don't know. If, I don't know if Hank really cares as long as you give him little <laughs> dog treats. Um, I thought I did a too big of a deal about like what's gonna happen with the dog. I'm like, well, obviously it's gonna go to the fucking owner. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? You're not gonna get my fucking dog, I mean, dude. It, we're all like hoping for this great relationship between Hank and Clint, but like it is Gina's dog. Now on to the main event. Kirsten and Shaq. Okay, Shaq threw me for a curveball here. He said that he wanted Kirsten to be less dominant and supportive of his education. I knew the supportive part, but I didn't realize he thought she was dominant. I wonder if that translates to independent. You know what also really caught my eye now that you say that? I felt like they were saying the exact same thing in what they both wanted, but refused to give another person that. So he's saying, Mm. I want someone that's supportive, non-dominant. Think of those old traditional roles is what we kind of think about, or I at least think about when someone says that. And Kirsten is saying, I want someone that's, you know, a strong leader and, you know, buys me the house and takes care of me and, you know, gets things done. I feel like they're saying the same thing, but neither one of them wants to be the opposite of that. I'm probably going to get roasted for this. Oh, no. Yeah, think about it. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Come at me. Um, I get it. Education is very important. I, I totally get that. I think Shaq made a couple errors that I was not a fan of. One, I think he put a little too much weight in the relationship between him and Kirsten's dad. I think mm-hmm. that probably played a fairly strong, you know, you know, in his decision making. But that moment when he said, support me in my education. Okay, I get it. You're like in the last chapter of getting your PhD. Like you've been on this long journey. You're like almost done. One, you were doing that before you met this person. Like you've already been on this journey. Like you're almost done. I, I get it. There's a, there's a point of, you know, your partner giving you space or like you have to study or you have to sort of, hey, I can't hang out at this time. I need to like prep for my like thesis or whatever the hell it's going to be. I get that. But I think for him, it's it's more than that. It is. It's. And, I feel like the image and as I, well. And I don't think that's fair 
considering you had all of this going on already before you even met this person. I don't know why you're expecting them to sort of do all these extra things for that piece of your life. I don't know if that, I don't like, I could totally be in the wrong and people could be like, you know, I don't really agree with this opinion. I just think he put too much weight in that. I, I totally get it. You're going for your PhD. That's clearly a commitment. It's clearly a big part of your life, but you're going to spend way more time of your, like way more of your life is going to be spent, hopefully married to this person and not going to school. So what are we doing here? I think that opinion is fine. And it goes into something I wanted to say where he always talks about support, but even when Kirsten brings up, okay, what does that look like to you? And he says, you know, support. Like, does he even know what he wants? I don't think Shaq's ever been, again, I think of him as someone who's very like career driven and a professional, but I think in his time, I, I have no idea if this is accurate. I don't know how much time he's had to date for an extended time frame as far as having a relationship that was very lengthy, you know, six months, a year, maybe multiple years. I don't know if he's had that. So is he sort of, like you said, does he even know what to expect from Kirsten as a wife? He also is far, far too focused on perfection. Like everything has to be up to his standard that really is made up of nothing. Like he has no basis of anything. It's just like what he says sounds good. There was one moment and I'm skipping ahead a little bit. And Shaq mentions that like he gave it his all like every single day. And I just got flashbacks to that moment where they show the hidden camera view (laughs) of them in the apartment. And he's being so cold to Kirsten. Now, mind you, this is probably a time where they are having a rough patch. I get that. But, you know, reacting like that doesn't show me you giving it your all because it seems like it happened more than just like one day. Um, so I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. So they meet up for decision day. They talk about their favorite moments and how this process has been for them. As far as challenges, Shaq says his is being the leader in the household. He says that Kirsten is a strong, independent woman, and when he tries to lead, it's been challenging. Kirsten says, our personalities are a bit different. He's a little bit more sensitive, so it takes me some time to support him and actually care about his feelings. I liked her honesty. (laughs) She says, I don't always expect that support from someone since I lean mostly on myself. Like, that makes complete sense to me. I'm exactly the same way, so I get it. I wonder if for Shaq, it was more of a Maybe he's used to doing these day-to-day things to support himself, whereas Kirsten didn't need that. So in his mind, he's thinking, well, she's not allowing me to lead. He's like, well, I just do this. Like, I just do this on my own. Like, I live on my own, so I don't really need you to do that. I really didn't like how Shaq, like, made it seem like he was going to say something and then threw that curveball in. Because even in his next sentence, he says... The next level in our relationship would be to fall in love with each other. I want to love you through thick and thin, good and bad. Don't say that. The infamous Memphis trip is brought up again, and Kirsten explains that she didn't really understand why he wanted her there, but she hates that she feels like she let him down. I'll be honest. In some ways, 
I don't fucking understand why he wanted her there. No, I mean, I wish we knew what her role was there. Is it truly just arm candy, like a visual to be like, I am a husband and a graduate and all this stuff. Like, I invite you to places to go party, like go try food, go to a cool bar. But I do love seeing your presentations. Like the, I'm not, the only rub there is that usually for my things, like you need a badge and like you can't get in unless you pay like some stupid amount of money. I'm just like, no, like we're going to go out to like some fancy dinner and like drinks or something like what? Oh my gosh. You know what I was thinking about on this last trip? So most of the trips we have taken was for Leon's work and like you were rushing to make it to a dinner. I don't go to the dinners usually because I don't want to be the weird wife, the only wife that's there. And so I'm always like, oh, I'm going to take myself out to dinner. Like sure. I, I treat myself and sure. you go do your thing and we meet up later in the night. I, you were rushing to get ready. We just got into the hotel and I was ironing your clothes and I was like hanging them up and I was like getting your next shirt and I was getting ready to do that. And I was like, so sweet. But then I was thinking like, oh, shit, this is probably what Shaq means. Oh, yeah, no, but no, that could be part of it. I agree. That could be part of it. Mind you, thank you for doing that. I did <laughs> not expect you to do that. Like you, you people, Hey, you, you know, I iron my shit. Like I'll, if you told me to iron my, like that shirt looks like shit. I'll iron the no, shirt. No, 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 no. You would not in a time crunch. You would absolutely have gone to that dinner. In but will a you not agree nice that shirt? I do iron my stuff? You do if you have okay. time, but on the okay. scenario, you wouldn't want in a t-shirt just, if I, I let you. I just want people to get the image of like, this fucking guy just brought his wife and he's ironing all his shit. I'm like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. I wanted no, to. No one asked like me. That. But that could be part of it. Okay. But again, you didn't have anyone before. What the fuck's the big deal? Yes, I know. And no one's asking me to do this. So he should not. Okay. I'm not and saying it's the same. But. That's one part. But the inverse of my dinner's where it's kind of an internal thing. What if for him it is partners are there, uh, excuse me, like significant others are there. So it is maybe lonely. He's like, wow, I'm just by myself. Everyone else brought their partner, their wife, their significant other, and I'm just chilling here by myself. Well, I do think that's what that is. Like, I think there is mingling mm-hmm. in dinners and stuff. But I'll like, you can't tell, tell you, me I'm that like, every person brings their wife. I would you make can't. it a joke. I'd be like, Nah, my wife didn't want to come. She's like partying at home or something. Like, I don't know. I just, it's not that big of a deal. No, but I do like going on the trips. Oh, for sure. I like meeting people. I like mingling sure. sometimes. And then sometimes I just take myself out. It, it is amazing to break down Shaq and Kirsten because we did get the story, but I feel like we only get so much of it that like what we're doing now, we're like filling in so much information yeah. that we're just not sure about to try to make sense of it or like, why is it so important? Okay. But on that same vein, Kristen does mention, I now know that if he says, Hey, I have this event. That means I want you to come. No, 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 no. I gave Nicole the same shit. You don't get to do that. You don't get to say like, Oh, if this happens then this and no, 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 no. We're all grownups. Like, I'm not a fucking dog that you, like, whistle and I come here. Like, you yeah, yeah, need to no. talk to me like an adult and say, hey, I'm going on this trip. Would you like to join me? Yes. Or, or you say, I'd like you to go with me. Would you like to go? Explain it. Explain why the significance is even there. She shouldn't have to be like, oh, this means every trip I need to go to. Like, yeah, you're not a fucking robot that he mentions that. So what do you do? Start packing his shit? Like, what? What are, we, what are we doing here? No one should have to do a decision chart to figure out what their spouse really means. 
You know, when we started this, I did not think we were going to break down Shaq and Kirsten this much. No. At the start of this recording. And this is where the tide turns a bit. Shaq says he has shown up every day for the last eight weeks. That's a lie. But moving on. He says, but at times he still felt alone. Kristen says, throughout this marriage, I know you've had multiple things going on. I know it's been difficult. But you've also been the husband that came home with the flowers. You have shown support. Yes, I would like us to stay married. Shaq says, throughout this process, we have shown up for us. It's been difficult as a man to step up and be the man you wanted me to be, that you needed me to be, to give you all the charms that life has to offer. Dramatic music, confused faces, it fades to black. In the next episode, we pick right where we left off. And Shaq says, my decision would be to get a divorce. Kirsten's response is exactly what my response would be. Okay. The joke is, every time I say this to Leon, because it's usually something we're like picking at each other about, and I go, okay. And he says, I know that means F you. <laughs> and you're like, as long as you know what it means. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if your partner ever does that to you, yeah, it definitely means go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's not um, that harsh. <laughs> n- maybe not. I mean, it's not like a mean go fuck yourself. It's no. just a... Anyway. I did feel a little bit of passion there with Shaq. I mean, he was emotional. He was crying. Man, it was really deep when um, he said he, he still feels alone. I think um, same thing with the relationship with uh, Kirsten's father, or like I think what that meant to him. I think, I think Shaq came into this, and he, he put a lot of weight into the process, and I think it hurt him that it didn't work out or he felt like, this isn't the person for me. I, now, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, God, we're the same person. Oh, weird. <laughs> go ahead. I do want to backtrack just a little bit with Kirsten. Part of us, you know, maybe Twitter, you've been kind of hinting things at me like she just said yes, probably because she didn't want to be the person to end it. I or have many theories. There, we can go there, into. There's probably a lot of theories. <laughs> um, and even in later in this episode, the second episode later on, it kind of just the amount that it's bugging her. I almost felt like, wow, like, did she really mean it as far as mm-hmm. saying yes? I'm like, that is interesting because I've been, I've been really going in on Kirsten like this whole fucking <laughs> season. Um, hey, but I maintain, I never disliked her. I was just like, mm, I see what you're doing. <laughs> Shaq, I think I am, I am starting to lead with some of the folks in the community have, said whereas i personally think as well some things are just a little too dramatic yes um just it's just a little too again going back to like putting so much weight on things i think you're just putting like too much weight on something yes fully agree especially when he's just like oh if it's not 100 percent, then it's a no really it has to be perfect yeah if you keep looking for perfection man you're not gonna find it no Okay, can I break down my Kirsten theories? Oh, for sure. Are these just your own or from the community? Or a little both? A little bit of both. Mostly my own. Maybe some unpopular. Sure. I've been heavy off of Twitter, folks. I'm sorry. You probably have not seen any tweet that says from Leon. They saw your fro Mickey ears. Oh, cool. But um, (laughs) yeah, I've I've been off for a minute. So yeah, it's been Ellie just running the show. So number one, Kirsten. 
My first thought, my first theory was she is going to say yes, no matter what, because she is not going to be the bad person. Just as she kind of played throughout the season, it was just kind of something she put on. Okay. Theory two, they simply missed each other in timing. So she was not here for this for 80% of it. And then in the last few weeks, she was like, I could see it. I could see saying yes to more time. And then by that point, he was like, no, she doesn't even talk to me off camera. I'm not even going to acknowledge this. And then it was just, they were both just missed each other's opportunity. Because I agree with you. She is hurt. She is not happy. Uh, but I I can't erase everything that I thought throughout this season and everything I still kind of stand by. I even just thinking about your second is that your only theory? Yeah, these are like my two-ish, three-ish theories. Just listening to the second one, I have I just feel like well, if they miss each other by time, they should have said yes and just worked on things a little bit more. And okay, it doesn't work out. We tried, like. End it then. That's the logical thing, but Shaq is more emotional than he is logical. And so then he has to have perfection. I can't follow that because fucking Shaq, man. Even in this (laughs) damn episode, he says like, oh no, maybe in the future there'll be a chance. I'm like, disgusting. Why are you saying that? You just said no. You, eh, I'm not going to go too far as like break her heart, but you like hurt this person by saying no. You could have just said yes to more time. And now you're like, well, I don't know, maybe later. I'm like, well, you could have had more time. Dummy. Okay. Like that's a part of the process. <laughs> you could have said yes. And then just divorce later. Did he not know the assignment? Did he think this was really like, yes. And we can never break up ever in our life or lifetime will fee us. I think again, putting way too much emotion in it, got the best of him. And that's probably what he was thinking. Wild. You need to watch you need to watch the last 16 seasons of more time. Right after decision day, they interview Kirsten and she says, "Are you fucking serious right now? I should be the one crying." She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Not wrong. Pastor Cal says that he doesn't see Shaq getting any better than that. That's fucked up. <laughs> that pa- Pastor Pastor Cal. Come on, man. For someone that never helped them with their problems, he sure has a Ooh. lot to say. <laughs> Ooh, if I could have been on Twitter this night. I know. I know y'all were posting so some good. gems. Jasmine and Eris are picking up the apartment. Jasmine says she's sad. She was just getting into the groove of everything. And Eris says it was only two months. It's not like there was a kid involved. Thanks, just, thanks Eris. We had no idea. Thanks. She should have gone over the top and been like, then what is Duchess? You are never seeing her again. <laughs> That's my baby. <laughs> he does ask if he can come visit Duchess. And she says, anytime you want. It's so funny hearing the way folks respond while they're on camera. But then in a follow-up scene, they're like, that motherfucker's not coming to visit oh, Duchess. I, <laughs> I, wish, I wish they were that real on the initial scene. Like, no, you can't come visit Duchess. The fuck? <laughs> I just love that she admitted, like, I just said, yes, you know that man is never coming over here. I have loved Jasmine's aunt from episode one. And I love that we got to finish it with her aunt as well. They're at Jasmine's parents' house helping her unpack. And Auntie had all the questions. 
Excellent questions. She asks, when he was around us, was it a facade? Jasmine's like, yes. (laughs) She's looking through the photos and she says, he looks so happy in these pictures. Too bad it was a lie. I knew I loved her from, from episode one. She says, I know I'm biased, but for what could he possibly be looking for? And Jasmine says, I think he wants to be married, but he's not ready to be married. Accurate. Absolutely. She looks at this bottle of wine, says that's cute, realizes she's the one that gave her that bottle and says, I'm taking this back. (laughs) It's so funny. This is a weird world colliding thing, but I saw a tweet had nothing to do with maths, but it was something like, what is the etiquette for if you take a bottle to a party but said bottle is never open. No. Do you get to reclaim the bottle? You do bottle? not. Now, some people had an interesting take on this. If it's at their home, that bottle belongs to the home. If it is something like a park party or something like that, you can retain the Ooh, bottle. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that was such You're a, not, It's it was for such the a, host. It was such, but it was just an interesting take. Now, the house thing totally agree man like it belongs to you know the home and then it just kept going on and on about like depends on what bottle it is and like well (laughs) yeah okay I, i get it okay in all seriousness you have taken ciders back but that's because you're the only person that drinks those ciders like none of our friends even in uh awful day will have those ciders hey it's byob i'm gonna bring it back (laughs) So I don't know. Does that matter if it's like type versus what someone would ever drink? Yeah, I know, right? Like, like the, you brought three ciders for yourself. You did not finish them there. They were in the fridge. You took them to go. How does, is that just as bad? Should you have left them? You know, you should probably leave them because if they're going to host again, maybe that next group, someone okay. will be into cider. Okay. And they will have something to drink. Like, what if I had taken them? Now they're screwed. They're drinking, I don't fucking know, Coors Light, Bud Light, I don't know, an IPA, something they don't like. I don't know. Okay, but if it's a bottle, I stand firm of the moment that touches a table, It no, no, you do not take it. I gave you some grace because it was like three cans. I also realized like some of the parties we go to, you know how we're always debating on like, oh, buy a fifth or a gallon. I'm just like, you know what? Okay. It really, it really doesn't matter what size you get. No, but when we bring the half gal, it's unnecessary. Like it's we don't need to. But we can get, always do the fifth. They get consumed. I feel like when you get a fifth, that thing is not surviving at all. It doesn't, but I don't think we have to bring the half gal. We just do and it's too much. <laughs> we get to see cheese again. Eris's friend. I'm glad we got a checkup with him. Did they introduce him as Eris's roommate. I thought they just wrote friend the first time. But I think, I still think it's Eris's house, but I think he rents out. That was my no, theory. For sure, for sure. That, that okay. was my thinking too. Or does he rent the house? They both go in. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Eris needs some tequila before he gets back out in these streets and he wonders if it's the same as when he left. It's been eight weeks. Those same people are still there. It's okay. Man, we, you can see this through this man from the jump. Oh my God. But it was so apparent this episode of where you were like, you're not even playing it off. There's, there's no, there's no remorse. There's no loss of a relationship. There's, 
there's none of that. There's like the way he's acting. It's, just, it's like he was never even a part of the process. No, it is the last day of school. You're waiting for the bus to pick you up. You are on your way to the streets. <laughs> Ready. Cheese's girlfriend enters the room, asks why there's only three shot glasses, and they kind of go into a little bit. And Eris asks if, he ha- if she has some friends. And she said, for you, yes, they like you. They want you. So just feeding into that ego. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought Eris is the, he's the one, huh? I, I don't know. I don't know what these streets are like. <laughs> But don't worry, because Eris says that the one thing that marriage has taught him is that in a relationship, you have to have purpose and he's going to date differently. I want to know how that's going. I can't. I can't believe this man. Eris talks about how he has no preferences. And I was shocked. I'm insulted. I cannot believe this man said tall, short, big or thin dark or light the audacity the audacity go back to the streets get get off my tv he also doesn't know how old he is which was probably my favorite part he is fine with someone two years older and maybe up to eight years younger but you know someone maybe in their late 20s because that's within the eight year range so eris is like 40 or 41 i think he's 40 40 minus 8, you're at 32. Late 20s is yep. like 27 to 29. The, the math, math isn't is, mathin'. It's mathin' to him. It's not It's not mathin'. Street math. Also, I have a feeling Eris probably doesn't date women that are older than him. That range for older was shockingly small. I thought it was going to be like 10. Oh, no. No. I thought his range would be real big both ways, which honestly kind of says a lot if he's it, only it going. It says a lot. It says a lot. Yeah. Like, I think, I think if Ayers were to date an older woman, I think they would just think he's a little too immature. Probably. Probably. So he goes with the, right. I see, I yeah. see. Clint and Gina are packing and I, Gina got it in one fall swoop. <laughs> she needed one cart and Hank and she was out of there. It was kind of scary how prepared Gina was to move. Like she had a whole cart. (laughs) No one else had a cart. Ready. You and I were joking that we're surprised the, uh, the cart didn't have the logo of the, the business, the business. I know. I thought for sure the logo, the name, the website, all of it. (laughs) There's a sign on the back of it. There was lots of like FaceTimes and phone calls happening between like everyone moving back into their own apartment. Clint's unpacking at his apartment. He puts the wedding photos in the closet. I was saying I would just do the same. Like, I don't want to throw them away. There's like family photos in there. But like, do we need that out? Absolutely not. His friend calls him, tells him basically he's getting old. So that's fun. Gina's mom calls her while she's unpacking and just says, sorry, dude. Gina doubles down and says, this confirmed that she is ready for marriage. Ma'am, ma'am, you cannot be serious. You learn nothing and you think that you, you're perfect. You have nothing to grow from. Yeah, Gina has an interesting personality, like 
coming in and out of this show is that from everyone we've seen, it seems like Gina came in and again, I'm just assuming here, making my own opinion. And I don't know if she thinks this way. Maybe she does. She came in thinking, I love myself. I'm perfect. I'm not going to change for anyone. Went into the process, met Clint. Clint did, did said a thing. She said a thing. He apologized. And she's like, no, like I, I did no wrong. I am, I'm not changing. I'm not wavering. And then she left the show being like, yeah, I, like I had nothing wrong with me. Like you showed no growth. Oh man. What if even worse? What if this solidified her horrible stance of, I don't get along with people with red hair. That's weird. Who says that? Now we don't know if she what thinks like that. She, that was her verbiage. That was not editing. That was an uncut on as camera. As far as her saying this solidifies that I just don't get along no, no, with no, it. No, 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 no. Just that she right. said, oh, I can't believe they matched us. I don't get along with basically like, oh, your type. Well, cool. you know what's interesting? These are things that you probably don't think about when you're answering, answering the questionnaire. And it seems like it's a very big deal to you, which seems like a very odd thing. It is odd, isn't it? Hair color? I think it's very odd. Really? I didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, I'm sure there's people that were like, I, dudes that are like, I don't date blondes or you know, but whatever. But that's weird too. Like it I would weird. give them just as, as much weird. crap. No, it is weird. I'm just saying that, you know, anyone just has these odd it's it's you know you probably had a you know if I had a girlfriend she was like a brunette and then she like dumped you bad I was like I don't date brunettes oh my gosh that's weird <laughs> Gina continues what's most annoying about Clint is that he's a class clown kind of a bizarre crass sense of humor it made me sort of uncomfortable Clint is so wild I couldn't find an ounce of attraction it's so interesting how. You have such freedom to say this when it's all over. And yes, you brought it up at like week seven, (laughs) but you never brought it up at any point before that. You never even talked to him about you being uncomfortable. Honestly speaking, Clint would have probably said, well, you know what? I'm not going to change who I am. So, But why say it and always talk shit behind someone's back? Say it to their face. I say that as we have a podcast, but you know, you know what I mean. I'll fucking say it to their face. (laughs) I won't. I'd be like, you're so cute. (laughs) Shaq is talking on the phone to his friend while packing because Kirsten already came in, packed, left, wanted nothing to do with him. He says he never saw this happening. I was like, sir, you were, you did the breaking up. I think in his mind, he thought. I'm going to put in so much effort that there's no way it's not going to work for me. I guess. This one moment may have swayed me on Kirsten. Coming out that last box, you do one last look, double middle fingers, and you're out. It was so good. (laughs) Oh, wait. I I think... No, no, no. I think I mentioned after we saw this scene, I'm like, okay, I think that's the most personality... I saw out of Kirsten this entire season. That was personality, emotion, a true feeling from Kirsten. And I think that's why I liked it so much is because I was like, oh, there she is. Like, it's not this like manufactured what I think I should say. I loved it. 
So wholesome. <laughs> so sweet. Kirsten's unpacking her closet in the apartment, trying to get it more organized. And her friend asked, do you feel like you learned some things in this process? Kirsten says, definitely. Making sure I'm there for people, making sure I'm being nurturing with the biggest eye roll I could have possibly imagined. (laughs) She's very much so not looking forward to dating, does not want to be out there. She just wants a husband. She said she deserves a husband. We then see Shaq going back to the gym. This was an interesting scene. It didn't add anything. No, I hated a lot of these scenes. This was just a shot of Shaq working out. Kind of working out. But why? I, because he's, oh, are they trying to do that old thing people would say of like, delete Facebook, hit the gym. And then you like reemerge after you are buff. I don't know what happens after that. Uh, I don't know. Shaq is unpacking at his apartment and his friends showed up. We did see them at the housewarming party. So it was nice to see them again. He explains that he wishes it worked, but that he just wasn't settled. He said he wants to be overjoyed. Again, the perfection thing we were talking about, being happy is not enough. You have to be overjoyed. Shaq says, I'd like us to be friends. Maybe we just need some time apart. We aren't divorced yet. You never know. No, I know. I don't, I don't think, I think those middle fingers were <laughs> the end yeah, of it. I, wasn't, <laughs> I mean, maybe in their headspace, they're thinking, you know what? I can't. I can't be with you right now. Like we need time apart and the way the show works out, you can't really say yes and then say, okay, we said yes, time apart and then we'll get back together. Like it doesn't really work that way. That falls under yes to more time. I think it does. Maybe. I, the way Kirsten was asking, it's, she is not going to want anything to do with Shaq. No, totally. The energy later on says, don't look at me. We see Chris and Nicole at Chris's apartment. And if you remember earlier in the episode when I said I'm realizing he doesn't do a lot, that there is, you know, room for improvement. He's a wonderful man. Let's not discount that. But there is this is what I'm talking about. Nicole is coming over with an overnight bag. Your wife you have coming over with an overnight bag bag your boy's not leaving his apartment why what is the attachment and we see her sign a lease so it sounds like they're moving to a bigger apartment in this complex possibly like he's like yeah yeah yeah. i'll take care of turning this in does he mean because it's down the hall they it's interesting that we didn't get more detail on their living situation considering they are signing a lease. It was a whole storyline. I know. And we I know. got nothing. I know. That, that was odd. Maybe because it's a hint hint uh, for the future episodes. Oh, you're but, probably right. Um, yeah. Moving into our new place. Anyway, I would assume with the little detail we have, which is none, that it's the same apartment complex. That's what. I, that's the vibes but I got. It, go, it goes back to your thought process where... Chris doesn't compromise anything. Yes. Like, I get it. He is displaying the nice guy, but it's Nicole that's giving up her dog, who's giving up her space, which staying overnight at your, essentially living out of your apartment, changing her last name. I mean, it's like, you know, that's not a compromise in, you know, some people's eyes. But anyway. Is that it's like, shade, it's like, sir? no, no, but it's like, what is, no, but it's like, what is Chris doing? 
That's what, is, what I mean. What is his compromise? Like, I get he's very nice and sweet, and he will always talk her up and give her the self-confidence she needs and try to help her out in all of those aspects. But as far as, like, the day-to-day, I feel like, I don't know. Like, Nicole was buying the bedding. Sir, take care of the bedding for your wife. She is bringing an overnight you know, bag. Nicole's, Make sure the Nicole's sheets are taken care of. Nicole's a smart gal. She's not going to trust the guy that does laundry one time a month to get some fucking bedding. As she should not. So good for her. She would never see new bedding. <laughs> she might not see washed bedding. At least not for 29 more days. We, <laughs> we cannot risk it. They also talk about splitting bills. They decide that they're going to kind of have a... Chris just use his account essentially as the joint account. Just fine. And if it doesn't you know, work, you know, they'll figure it out later. There's so many ways to tackle this. And even yes. we know people that have a joint account where it's like a bills account or whatever. And then we, we don't do that. Like we have our separate accounts. We like, do the Nicole and Chris method. Yeah. Like uh, I think I pay most of the bills. Yeah. And then and like you'll just like send me some money. I send whatever. you money. Like it's not a big deal. Because. But like it's not a big deal because like. We don't care because no. it's like all it it's like of. all of our money. Yeah. Like, who cares? That's the thing. It's very interesting. We always say it's our money and like it's because we don't want to ask each other to buy stuff. I think it's because there's a part of us that are um that's probably more due to our background, I think. Probably. I think there's like a it's sort of like your independence in a way. And that's not a shade to anyone that does. Like no. it's amazing trust you have with your partner. That's great. Yeah. Nicole then decides that since Chris really isn't pressuring her to change her name, that that makes her want to change it more. I have the opposite effect. I just don't acknowledge it. I told you that we should combine. <laughs> we should combine our last names and form it like sounds a, ridiculous. a new last name. No. It would be incredible. Is it incredible? It's super incredible. In your presentations, you want that as your last name? Hell yeah. No, you Happily. don't. Happily. <laughs> They'll look up that last name and it starts with us. Yeah, there's no origin. There's like you no can't. origin. <laughs> we then get the most random, unnecessary filler of Mac house shopping with no intention of buying this house. No. This house has like six bedrooms, probably three bathrooms, a fucking pool. Land. What the hell are you going to... No. He's not taking care of Your this house. Your friend already broke the news of like, this isn't like even in the price range. It's just not. What are we doing? Why are we watching an episode of House Hunters on Maps? Like, what the fuck are we doing No, here? I don't need it. I am here for love. That's it. Nothing else. We talked about it a little bit already with Nicole and Kirsten decor shopping and the sheets she's getting for Chris's apartment. Nicole asks if Shaq has reached out. Does Kirsten plan to reach out? Essentially no and no. Then everyone gets back together to reveal their decisions as if this was not a group chat immediately. I didn't understand this. I mean, I, I get it's for the show, but... Everyone already knows everyone's response. I just thought it was interesting how they have to sort of act surprised. <laughs> yeah. Gina was a little too happy to hug Mac, in my opinion. It was, uh, mm, watch out for that. Kirsten allowed Shaq to give her a side hug. This is a fucking incredible scene. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. If you were curious what a cold shoulder looks like, just watch that scene. That's it. 
We find out that Dom got a dog because she needed some good energy in her life. And Mac is furious. Furious. <laughs> He's talking mad shit. He says, I'm not surprised. Sounds like something Dom would do. Something someone immature would do. Who are you? <laughs> You've known her for two weeks. Jesus, get out of here. Get, get over it. Damn. You're actively trying to hit on a married woman. I think you have other things to worry Sir. about. <laughs> Sir. Clint lets everyone know uh, him and Gina are renewing their vows. And then he said, JK, we're getting the big D. <laughs> the big D. Charming. Come on. Clint's a fucking legend. Eris turns to Shaq and says, so Shaq says, Eris. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq reveals that he did say no on decision day and that it was an emotional roller coaster. He says that he respects Kirsten so much as a person, but doesn't think they were soulmates. Again, can't just be happy. Can't just be your wife. Has to be your soulmate. I mean, I get what he's saying, but still, it's always this like very intense wording, very grand. There, there was a moment where Kirsten's responding and then she mentions that I'll find my husband and we'll have our kids and like her voice kind of breaks. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's kind of sad, but it's like, that's where I, I kind of, I, I feel like, I feel like I've come full circle with Kirsten because <laughs> right. I have given her so much hate the whole season. And to hear that passion come out of her voice, I'm like, damn, there was some, there was some truth there. I still believe in everything I said before. She's not listening. <laughs> she sure, sure. may have turned on the charm. I still believe in my initial readings of her, but I do think that she's really hurt. I do think that like, I, I believe my second theory is probably the closest to what happened. The timing was that far off for them. No, you're, you're probably right. Kirsten said that she was willing to give the marriage a chance. That eight weeks wasn't enough time. Kirsten confirmed that the door is closed. She said, if you don't take your chance, it's gone. I don't have any plans to call you or check up on you. When I close a chapter, I don't communicate with that person. Clear to the point, I like it. We are not playing games. In his interview, Shaq says she's going to find her Prince Charming. Maybe it'll be me. Doubt, sir. Nicole's trying to be sentimental and says, whatever we feel today, we're still a family. It's going to take so much to get rid of me. I'm still going to make everyone get together. All this stuff. Wait, and then Dom's like, well, hold on, hold on. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, like in the <laughs> middle of someone talking, she's like, all right, guys. Well, I got to get going. Sorry, guys. Got to go. Dom's like, fuck all you. I barely knew you. Yeah. I'm here for these free chicken wings. I'm out of here. Have a good life. Don't call me. All right. Talk to me. You know how I say Max little snaky snake? Yeah. Nicole is a little snaky snake. We didn't mention this, but Nicole was doing her thing again. Where, yes. Where she's like leading the convo. I'm like, Nicole, can you stop? Just in, enjoy the convo. Be a part of the convo. You don't have to lead every single one. It drives me crazy. Now, go ahead, do your thing, and I'll give you my response. Nicole, we're having a good general conversation. Everyone is still at the table. Only Dom is left, which is interesting. Why'd she wait till for Dom to leave? That's kind of weird. Hmm. She says, so, Mac... Gina, I would love to learn if you're both ready to date. You're both attractive people. Would you be willing to go on a date? 
I think it would be amazing to see if there was a missed connection. Who are you? Who are you? Now you're the expert. You are Pastor Cal. <laughs> Thank you. I think this was in some way you're calling each other a family and friends and you've been to this experience, Mm-mm. but Mm-mm. the amount of disrespect yes. you just pointed towards Clint was appalling. I mean, if the tables were turned, Oh my God. Could you, you imagine if the tables were turned? What if Clint even made a joke about taking Chris to meet someone like it's it's like how you know I think these people a lot of them are really great like even Eris we talk so much shit but you're like oh he's so funny he's like he's got a <laughs> yes. character character about him but like everyone pretty much everyone has like these just really dumb moments of like what are you doing yeah this is not the time to do this like you need to have a a gal scene with you know, yourself and Gina being like, Hey, what do you think about dating? Matt? Yes. Then I can't hate on it at all, but in front of everyone, specifically the person she's still actively married to, whether she likes it or not. I'm like, Nicole, we're still wearing our rings. Yes. The marriage is not cold. Well, I I guess it's been cold. I I really hope this is something really stupid done by production because if it was started by Nicole, this is like so dumb. It was definitely production, but man, I don't even think you could convince me to do it. Oh, hell no. I'm not putting my character on the line like Especially that in front of other people. After two months, is like my friend. Yes. I'm not going to fucking do that. You just got done saying we're all family and we're going to hang out again. Clint is trashed so much by so many people. Not here for it. Eris says the streets were talking. Oh, he knows about the streets. And Mac was talking. Does he need to tell everyone that he has a crush on Gina? You're grown up. That's what makes us all worse. It's like everyone's in like their 30s. You could just talk to that person. There doesn't have to be word on the streets about who you find attractive. Hey, the two business owners, though. The two snaky snakes. Go for it. Now, mind you, they're they're not going to work out. This is really dumb. No. Nicole continues on and says, coffee, maybe? Start with coffee. This could be magic in the making. Married at second sight. <laughs> anyway. Hilarious. I'm convinced that laugh was for another joke and they cut it in because that wasn't even funny. Anyway. Yeah, I think it was really uh, not a good look. Not for me. Not, not a good look. I am curious if Clint is going to voice his opinion any more than he already did. Uh, I think he does with that kiss. Should we talk about our thoughts on the upcoming episodes? Yes, I just have a couple highlights. Number one is, not Clint, Gina and Mac do go on a date and she reveals of everyone that she noticed him when they met. Ew. (laughs) Like it's, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I'm just not into it. And then we see Clint go on a date with someone I did not recognize. So I don't know if it's someone from his past. We joked he's going through his Rolodex. So we'll see. Um, who else do we have? Okay. When I saw Jasmine go on the date, I said, okay, I'll watch the episode. I'll watch you, this whole episode for this scene. That's going to be, you know, they say next time on, that's going to be like the third episode down the line. It's not even going to be the next Don't episode. Don't say that. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts about, you know, this is married at first sight. We watched the, these couples go through this experiment, but now they're sort of 
covering these couples the immediate maybe month after uh well not not even couples in some cases just the person a month or so after decision day like what do you think about that concept for maths uh going forward I watch Married at First Sight for the very weird circumstances these people are put in and for the marriage. I'm not on to watch random people date. Like, like I have a similar opinion in that there is a specific concept we tune in for this show. And now that we're just following singles progress through their dating life. Now, again, out in the the television sphere there are so many dating shows it's mm-hmm. like if i'm gonna watch a dating show like i have so many awesome ones to pick from like why would i watch that in maths it almost makes sense and it actually breaks the whole concept of the show yes everyone that just got divorced now we're just gonna watch them date random people so in that way i think it is really odd um I think it's just a way to suck a little bit more viewership mm-hmm. uh, from us until the next season starts. Again, got to get the eyeballs on the TV screen. <laughs> I think even internally on the From the Friar podcast, we're still debating if we're going to cover it. We probably are. But let us know what you think about these upcoming episodes because I think it really is an interesting break of the mold from maths. Well, I'm not necessarily looking forward to it because it has the feeling of being very producer driven, very inorganic. Like if these people were like we were really following these people on dates, I'd be like, fine, that is interesting. What kind of girl is charmed by Clint? But then it's not. So I'm kind of like, eh, it doesn't it's uh, not who they would meet and date on their own. But but even then, like imagine the thought process. This person's been married for two months. So let's say it's Clint and we're rooting for him. And you want him to find someone. Would it also feel weird if he immediately got divorced and found someone like a week later? And like, that's a little too, it's mm. like a little too fast. It wasn't, his last one wasn't even a relationship. It wasn't even a friendship. Uh, that's probably a bad example. I, I got you there. Shaq and Kirsten. Yeah. That's the only one we got. That's true. <laughs> that's the only other one. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to see anything with them? I don't recall seeing them date. Uh, I'm not sure. But I'm here for Jasmine. Cannot wait. I think, yeah. Finally getting a genuine kiss from someone that finds you attractive. Get it. Anything else on Decision Day? Tomorrow we have the next episode. No, no, no big surprises from Decision Day. I thought, like we mentioned before, it could have been one episode. But again, we're happy (laughs) to cover it. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow is the next episode. That is incredible. We have a surprise in store for our listeners. It'll be a fun one. I'm really excited. Then we have a catch up of sister wives. So if you're into that, hang out with us. We will finally be getting caught up on that a little bit later this week after the surprise. So more Friday, Saturday, our typical drop day. That's when the sister wives episode will drop. And then we will drop after that our vacation update, give you some vacation stories Tell you about that couple argument. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, I know if you don't give a fuck about our like, travel it. stories, no. That airplane ride, <laughs> you have got to tune into that. It is that fucking good. Like, 
our podcast is all about like breaking down reality TV and love and what it looks like. Now we do this shit in real life. But it was right in front of us. We could not close our ears. <laughs> we had to listen and have opinions. So it was like a real life episode breakdown of this real relationship. I still don't know who was on the right. They're both. Neither one would concede. And it was driving me crazy and I wasn't even involved. We should have whipped out the mics, recorded them, and then played it on the pod, and then we break down their argument. With like a voice scrambler. <laughs> okay, the line that was killing me, though, is, why can't you just be normal? Okay, like, that's as much as a hint we can give them. It's so good. I was like, you can't say that to someone. All right. Thank you all so much for the grace and the kindness. We really appreciate that. No one ever gives us a hard time when we have to delay a show or we're traveling. And like the wild thing is we packed our mics and all of our equipment and brought it with us. There was just literally no time to sit down for an hour and a half, two hours should, to do the recording. This took up like half of our packing I know. space. And we didn't even record. <laughs> we didn't even so. use it. <laughs> So we really appreciate you all for being so kind and generous with us. So we're happy to be almost fully back, back this week, back most of next week, have a one week little break, but I think it's going to fall at a good time where we won't have much of a, a delay. So it'll be good. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. See you later.